0: All right, Ja Morant might have hit the game winner, but it was the Pelicans who lost the game after giving up a 19-point lead. I'll break down what happened on that final play, but there was more to why the Pelicans gave this game away. It's a live edition of a Wednesday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are locked on Pelicans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on a live Tuesday night show after the Pelicans lose to the Memphis Grizzlies in heartbreaking fashion, John Morant hitting a game winner as time expires after the Pelicans gave up a 19 point lead in the first half. They lose 115, 113. There's a lot to break down for this, and we're going to do it in today's show. And I've got this one structured really well for you. And we're probably going to blend some segments together because the Pelicans gave this one away, gave this one away. Everyone deserves a lot of criticism in it. It goes beyond just that John Morant final shot at the end. That's one of the things I want to look at in today's episodes. We're going to break down the final play and go into other reasons why they lost, things they need to clean up that have been a problem for them all season long and of course thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday breaking down everything you want to know about this pelicans team the good the bad the play breakdown we're going to do it in today's show today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nba for 20 off your first purchase and of course Thanks for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Becoming every day or listen Monday through Friday. I met a lot of y'all at the arena in this game. It was wonderful to talk to y'all. So let's break down this game here because this wasn't great. So let's go back to the final play. This was a tie game after the Pelicans miss a free throw and John Morant gets the rebound. What happened before the final play is important because I think it clues into what Memphis was going to do. John got the ball and was about to just book it up the court with 9.6 seconds left, right? They have the final shot, the final possession, and Ja was ready to turn on the afterburners and go. It was very clear that as he had all the momentum in the second half, he'd scored 25 points in the second half of this game. At this point, he finished with 27, because, spoiler alert, he hits the shot. He wanted to book it and just go coast to coast and try and score. Their coach, Taylor Jenkins, calls a timeout, and Ja is visibly frustrated by the timeout being called. So when... You see that. What do you think was going to happen on that final possession? John Morant's return game. He's having an incredible second half. And he has a chance at a game winner. What was he going to do? He was going to take the ball. And he was going to ISO. And he was going to try and score. What do the Pelicans do? They don't double team him. Or they... Half-heartedly, half-ass double team him. Timeout, they inbound the ball. Jaw gets it in the backcourt, brings it up, and then has Herb Jones on him one-on-one because they're spaced out. Literally, not one single Memphis Grizzlies player is anywhere close to the paint. Jaw drives. Look, he's a good offensive player. As as good as Herb Jones is, good offense tends to beat good defense in the NBA currently. Drives, scores the bucket. No no double team. You had Dyson Daniels, who is guarding Desmond Bain, and Bain has been really good this season as they've been without John Morant. He had 21 points in this. Who's 3 of 9 from 3, standing on the 3-point line. But Dyson Daniels just doesn't commit to the double team. And frankly, they probably just should have forced the ball out of Ja's hands before he even started that dribble drive. And at that point, it was done. When Dyson half-heartedly just gets an arm out there instead of trapping him in the backcourt, which is what they should have done, I think, you end up with Ja Morant getting the bucket as time expires, and that's that. That was... Just not well thought of. You know, Willie Green tends to trust his guys. Something we like, right? That's, that's a quality for him. But you've got to understand the moment. And knowing that was going to try an ISO drive and score. Look, it was obvious that he was going to do that. Double him. Force the ball out. Look, if Desmond Bain hits a three as time expires to win by three, whatever, right? Like, you can deal with those sorts of things, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. hits a game winner. Sure, whatever. Deal with it. There's other reasons they lost the game than this final play. We'll get into the referees in this one. I want to get into the offensive rebounds for the Memphis Grizzlies too. Some stuff with CJ as well. There's a lot of reasons. But yeah, you have a chance to at least force overtime. You know what to do. Willie Green trusts his guys, but sometimes trusts them to a fault, even when it comes to the rotations. Why did Trey Murphy get so few minutes in this game, right? Just 20. That seems a little bit surprising with me, given that he wasn't in foul trouble. So sometimes he just trusts his guys like too much and letting Herb Jones go one-on-one when he had a bit of a rough game says, don't do that, right? Dyson Daniels needs to be well coached up for that moment. And they weren't. And it's a big reason why they ended up losing this game. And it wasn't great. There are other reasons. There are tons, tons of other reasons why they lost this game. But yeah, it was rough. You could see what was coming, right? But look, they lost also because of the offensive boards. No one giving Jonas Valanciunas any help when it comes to the offense or when it comes to defensive rebounds here, right? Jonas had 10. No one else had more than three. That's not going to do it. The Memphis Grizzlies in this one had 13 offensive rebounds. I believe they had 18 second chance points, 17, 17 second chance points compared to the Pelicans, eight that allowed Memphis to get 62 points in the paint compared to 50 for the New Orleans Pelicans, right? That's where this game was truly won or lost. The Pelicans would get a stop and then couldn't give up and then couldn't secure the defensive rebound, couldn't terminate that possession, end that possession, and it would allow Memphis Grizzlies to get another chance. And they win. And it allowed them to close a 19-point differential between the two teams. And it just threw them entirely out of their rhythm, you can't have that happen, right? Look, we love the Cody Zellermans. I love the Cody Zellermans. We'll, we'll sing his praises in a little bit because he had a fun sequence there. But even on that final possession, right, you couldn't play Jonas Valanciunas. You know, there, there was something in that final possession that really stood out to me was you had Najee Marshall... Guardian, I forget who it was for the Memphis Grizzlies in the dunker spot. He was right there. Was it Santi Aldama, maybe? Um, or John Contra? I think it was Aldama. Is he number seven? Yeah. You had Santi Aldama in the dunker spot there, and you had Najee Marshall on him. Jaw drives, beats Herb Jones. Dyson doesn't really help. No one else moves over. Jaw puts up the shot, and Najee Marshall just watches it, and you see Santi Aldama run below the basket, actually jump up to almost try and tip it in. Had an opportunity to if it wasn't good. Didn't even try and box him out or do anything other than just watch the ball on the final shot. What are we doing here with the game on the line that you're not going to go entirely all out? Speaks to this team a little bit and where they were with some of this. That was a very big part of the problem in this game. Look, John Moran hit the game winner, but the Pelicans gave this game away. They should have been able to win this one to close it out and they couldn't. It's on a lot of things. Rebounding has been a problem all season long. They need to work on that more as a team because there's only so much that Jonas on can do. And if you're not going to play him in the final possessions of a game, look, I think he's maybe untradeable. We did a show on that earlier, but whew, that wasn't that wasn't great. Didn't love what we saw there. That was pretty disappointing of an ending to see. And if you're a Pelicans fan, you should feel frustrated. You should feel exhausted. And I completely understand it so coming up look let's talk about the referees because they weren't great here there is a free throw disparity that makes you question things I want to go into how Zion played in this game CJ McCollum played in this game too it all just created a mess like just a mess let's break down more of what happened in this game because it does go beyond that final shot that John Moran hit that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, The Goat, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. You, have Brandon Podzemski, who's looked comfortable as a starter for the Warriors and is widely available in fantasy leagues. He contributes across the board. his guy was actually very, very high on when it came to the draft. You also have Malachi Branham seems to be seems set to be a starter for the Spurs for the short term at least, and he's flashed some increased passing skills, which is going to up his fantasy viability. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, same with your vehicle. I work on all of my cars. There's nothing worse than you take some parts off, you go to put a new part on, and it doesn't fit, the wheel doesn't go on, it's happened to me. The hood doesn't close, also happened. It's awful when I work on a 1976 Corvette that I want on the road driving because it's fun to cruise around in even if it isn't fast. So I get all my parts at eBay Motors because they have over 122 million parts for your vehicle so you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. If you simply want to upgrade it, right? running well but you'd rather have led headlights to see better at night you need a new roof rack you want to upgrade your bumper ebay motors has it and with the ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride for the first time every time or your money back and at these prices you're burning rubber not cash so keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, even at the end of games that are incredibly, incredibly frustrating to watch here. And there's, this was incredibly frustrating. You know, tale of two halves, the Pelicans did not play well in the second half of this game. And really, I, I don't know, was it just simply they got a 19-point lead and were like, cool, we can cruise? Because it was a nine-point swing and this game became a 10-point game game. In the second half, at the end of the third, at that point, the momentum was starting to swing away. And when Memphis really got going, there wasn't a great answer for the Pelicans. There's a couple of reasons why. There's a couple of reasons why. Let me know Let me know in the comments down below what you think the number one reason the Pelicans lost this game. Was it just bad defense on that John Morant game winner? Was it the offensive rebounds? Was it CJ's shots in the second half? Was it the lack of offense, some of the rotations, the subs? Let me know what you think. While you're typing those in here, I do want to mention one thing. I looked at the numbers today. This w- this was brought up to me. Um, this is going to be the show that puts Locked On Pelicans over 2 million views on YouTube for the lifetime of the channel, which is really cool. We needed 1,621 views to go over 2 million lifetime on YouTube, which is really cool and speaks to your passion as pelicans fans for being here for staying up late with me after a rough loss from this pelicans team really cool to see how many people are in the chat all of the interactions making this the number one pelicans podcast it's a credit to you this is a basketball city awesome stuff so let's go back to the game here just want to say like thank you y'all mean like the world to me so when you come up and say hi those things please keep doing it i do this show because of y'all the refs weren't good in this game The refs weren't good in this game. The refs weren't the reason the Pelicans lost. And if you looked at that first half, right, Zion Williamson picked up two fouls in the first two minutes, only played, what, 20 minutes in this game because of foul trouble. 24 minutes. Really just weird game for Zion. He was listed as sick before, but I don't, it's not an excuse for why he played poorly. I actually think this was just the Memphis Grizzlies making his life hard. Like, credit to the Memphis Grizzlies defense. Jaron Jackson Jr. presents a matchup problem for Zion Williamson. They have length there with Bismack Biombo. Length is really how you slow down Zion Williamson. And they did the best job they could of walling him off and not letting him get to the rim. That said, with some of the fouls that they were calling, not great. Not great, right? And the team was down. Zion picked up his third foul on a, on a kind of bogus offensive foul that I didn't really think worked and it kind of fired up the team I actually liked the challenge if you want to give Willie Green credit in this game I like that he challenged that call I didn't think it was going to get overturned but even if it's a five percent chance that it does get overturned to keep Zion on two fouls versus three and kind of sends a message and you stand up for your players so I liked that he did that and even though they lost the challenge the team responded Look, we can say that refs sucked in this game, and they did, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. had 15 trips to the free throw line. John Morant had 12. Zion had four. B.I. had 12. He got to the line. Zion had four. Zion gets into the paint and was attacking just as much as those other guys, and just doesn't get the right whistle from the refs. His free throw attempts are down this season compared to previous years, because for whatever reason, the refs don't want to give him those foul calls just because he's bigger and stronger by like than everybody else. Not his fault. That's the game. You still got to call it the same. The refs were bad, but I will say this. I will say this. They didn't lose because of the refs. As bad as I think the refs were in this game, and they weren't great, they didn't lose because of the refs. They lost. Look, they built a 19-point lead, even with the weird fouls called on Zion in this game. They lost because of the offensive rebounds, right? They lost because of the lack of effort on defense and not getting stops on John Morant down the line. They, you know, they lost the game because they don't have a rim protector here, right? So it was interesting to see, though, the team kind of respond when Zion was out with foul trouble playing hard. The refs didn't, Caused them to lose this game. It's the easy and lazy narrative to point at, I think, with this. They lost for other reasons, right? Here's one of them CJ McCollum had 15 points in the first half, I think. Let me pull it up here. 15 points in the first half. He was five of eight. He was five of six from three, right? He was a plus 27 in the first half. We'll get to his final couple shots there. He only took three shots in the second half. But he's been cooking like that. Why aren't you feeding him the ball? Right? Herb Jones took more shots in fewer minutes than CJ did in the first half. It led to, I think, CJ wanting to force a couple of things in that fourth quarter when he did not shoot well and missed some shots and missed them pretty badly, right? Those airball to three that was just kind of forced and like wasn't it? That's not, sorry, what you want. Completely airballed it. I'm looking at it right now. 146 left. Takes a contested three and completely airballs it. You know, he has a shot with 12 seconds left to put the Pels up. They pass out to him. He takes the deep three and is just off entirely. They needed to keep him in rhythm. I literally just watched the shots as I'm recording this with y'all. They needed to keep him in rhythm, right? That's a man who didn't take a shot in the third quarter at all, getting in and not getting his shots till the very end of the game and you lose that flow. This is why when people say play Jordan Hawkins 5 minutes here or there, shooters need to get in a rhythm and do the thing. And they didn't let CJ do that in the second half and it took him out of a rhythm. That's not putting your best player in position to succeed so that when he does take those shots and now wants to shoot, needs to force it a little bit, the one at the end of the game wasn't it, right? Like that was in rhythm. He just missed because he was cold at that point. So your game plan in the second half, feed CJ who's been working when they're taking Zion away and they didn't do that. They went away from him, right? When you realize your offense is struggling, 53 points in the second half is not a good number. Why is Trey Murphy playing so few minutes? Why is Trey Murphy playing so few minutes in this game, right? Just played 20. You almost had Najee Marshall getting more minutes than him. What is the reason for that? He's been averaging 25 minutes this season. Why is he playing five minutes fewer in this game? He took one, three manufacture shots for Trey Murphy. What what are we doing here? How many did he play in the second half? Okay, it doesn't want to load, so I won't find out. Oh, Trey played six minutes in the second half of the game. Is there an injury that I'm unaware of from being at the game? I'm really confused by that number and seeing some of this. So when you look at what happened with the not doubling of John Morant and other things, like this one's a little bit on the coach, not even a little bit, a lot on the coaching staff. And not having good rotations and relying on just the wrong guys or not creating smart offense. Now, they didn't go with much of the bench in the second half. They went with the starters, right? Tried to rely in their main guys. B.I. had 22 in the second half. That's good. But if Herb didn't have it going, if C.J., you're not going to use him, put in Trey. Like, what are we doing here, right? When Zion doesn't have space to work in the second half, maybe play him with Trey Murphy more. Trey was on the scouting report in this game. I talked about him being the Pelicans' secret weapon in yesterday's show. If you're in everyday, use him. He was on the scouting report. They were throwing two guys at him like repeatedly and they didn't do that whatsoever. And it's a big reason why they lost this game. And it was just the rotations were off, off, just not a good game. Even though the refs weren't good, They're not the reason that the Pelicans lost this game. Like, there's no excuse to blowing a 19-point lead in the second half at home. When the Memphis Grizzlies played last night, the night before, they were on the second night of a back-to-back. John Morant looked rusty in the first half. Run him out the building so that you don't need to worry about him starting to get going. No, he's been practicing. He played a full allotment of minutes. That's not great, but should have been able to win this game. Should have been able to win this game. You had an advantage. You had Jonas Valanciunas playing extremely well. Feed him if you need to feed him then. Do what you need to do, and the Pelicans did do it. Let's talk about some of the good performances, though. Brandon Ingram was good. Zion, uh, not Zion, was him. Jonas Valanciunas was good. Loved what we saw from them. Najee Marshall, not so good. We'll talk about that. That's all coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And right now, though, I am excited to tell you about game time because game time makes buying tickets easy. I'm going to go to the Saints Rams game in L.A. because I want to go see SoFi Stadium. I got my tickets on game time. Super easy experience. I know exactly what the view is. I got good seats. I'm happy with my seats because game time lets you see the view from your seats before you buy. And I wasn't worried about the tickets being way more expensive than I thought because there's an all in price shown up front. So I knew I was getting a good deal. And then here's my favorite part. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if I find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time is going to credit me 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on MBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on MBA, and MBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, even the bad losses that they suffer. And this one, make no mistake, was a bad loss. 115-113 to the Memphis Grizzlies, letting John Morant get the game winner, blowing a 19-point lead in the second half. But I'm happy you're here with me. listening to the show live here, counting as the Wednesday show live after the game. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. We are the top Pelicans podcast, the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've seen a couple of y'all say you're an everydayer in here. Nolan Lambert just said it. I saw ABJ504 with his comment here. There's P. Lids who also comments every single day saying, Hi, Jake. I see y'all when you're there. So I appreciate y'all hanging out with me here. We're not going to do a little bonus talk after this one. I think we all want to kind of move on and... Not forget about this game. You can't forget about this game. They need to really kind of understand these losses and looked at some of that. But man, this was this was a bad loss for the Pelicans. Let me ask you this question. I'm kind of curious. Do you think this is worse than the Lakers' loss? The 44-point loss to the Lakers blowing a 19-point lead at home? Do you think this is, you know, use the equal sign, something like that. I don't know. The greater than sign, the equal sign, the less than sign. Um, this just was rough of a game. Bad rotations, bad defense. There were some good performances in this one, though. The Pelicans had a lot of success when they were playing through Jonas Valanciunas. I think that was a very key in this game. When you look at the starters here, right, he was a positive in terms of individual plus minus because they were winning the minutes with him out there on the court, which is what they needed to be doing. You know, without having Steven Adams for the season, right, without... um, Brandon Clark, who's out for a while too. You know, yes, you have Jaron Jackson Jr., but Bismack Biombo ain't it. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the reigning defensive player of the year. But man, let Jonas try and cook him. Jonas in this game was nine of twelve. He was very good. You know, we liked what we saw from him. In this game, and he did, I don't have the matchup data yet available. He was good. They needed to just play through him more. As we talked about when I did the show about him, when you start to play through Jonas and play inside out, it creates those open looks that you really need. You know, the other thing to kind of keep in mind is you need guys to shoot threes and put lineups that can shoot threes out there. You had CJ McCollum go six of nine. No one else made more than two threes. B.I. went one-on-one, Valanciunas one-on-one, Herb Jones one-of-five. Trey, 0 for 1. Najee, 1 of 4. 0 for 2 for Jose. Cody Zeller didn't take one good. Dyson Daniels went 1 of 2. Play through Jonas. Create open looks because he draws double teams. It opens things up more. And when those three-point shooters are legitimate threats, well then, it opens things up for Zion. Look, the Memphis Grizzlies did a great job defensively in this one. Take away Zion. Send two guys at Trey Murphy. Live with B.I. getting his... And he did, but it was definitely a problem and that the Pelicans didn't have a counter with this. And they tried to maybe go too defensively in the second half to get stops and you couldn't even get stops. So now you don't have offense out there and you're not stopping them on defense. It's just a bad mix. Playing more through Jonas Valchunas, this looked like it should have been a Jonas game. It kind of was. 22 and 14 is a great number for him, but it seemed like you needed to feed him the ball even more and make him more of a focal point. He was fantastic. Look, Brandon Ingram was good in this game and really carried this team at times too. He, you'd like more threes, but again, he was taking what the defense was giving him. This is really where you love to see the mid-range from him, when things aren't going, when he's starting to get to his spots and hitting those, he had a very good game. The other thing was he really attacked the basket more so than he often does. He had five or six shot attempts in the paint as he tried to get down low and score that way. And I think that's a really important thing that opens up those mid-rangers more. The first couple he took as mid-rangers were definitely contested mid-rangers. And that's why he got going much more in the second half than he was in the first half was he started to attack the basket more, they sagged off him, and instead of it being a somewhat contested mid-range jumper, it's a wide-open jumper. Again, there's levels to his game, and he can open up that mid-range that he loves, and when those mid-rangers are the shots to take, I like him. When he forces them, he did in the first half, and it was fine. It was great. But at that point, the wheels had just fallen off for the Pelicans' offense and everything that they were doing. And with him just being the guy to kind of carry the team and no one else stepping up, you know, it goes to it kind of goes to like this, right? You know what we were saying about John Morant in the final play of the game. Let anyone other than John Morant beat you. Their second best player beats you instead of their first, you live with that. If their fifth best player on the court hits the game-winning shot and beats you, but John Morant doesn't, you go, okay, that's fine, right? Process over results. And the process was flawed. It also led to bad results there. You could still lose this game, But as long as someone else hits the shot and you don't let that final possession go the way that it did, I can live with it. right? You look at it and go, that was the right move, and sometimes the ball just goes in the hoop. right? To use a cliche, it's a make or miss league. So Memphis did kind of the reverse of that. They'll go, we're going to let B.I. get his, but since no one else is stepping up, he's not going to be able to carry them enough. Okay, it's true. It's what happened. It was just a very, very disappointing loss overall and... Whew. Not great. Not great. You know, I don't... This one's demoralizing. The Pelicans really need to look at themselves in the mirror because they were on a winning streak. They had a five-game home winning streak. They were on a four-game winning streak overall. And to let John Morant in his first game back do that to you, kind of like assert his dominance over you too. And Again, there were tons of reasons why they lost this game. One little tweak here or there, you could have won it. And they didn't do that. It's time to figure this out. This is somewhat of a make-or-break season. And if you're missing the right piece on the roster because you didn't close with Jonas Valanciunas, go and get the guy. Go and get the guy right now. Right? You know, I see, I see Irving Celestine Jr. say, CJ makes those threes and it's a different tune. But I talked about that earlier, right? I'll address that again in case you missed it. He took three shots in the second half. He was five of six in the first. He didn't take a shot in the third quarter. So that when he starts taking shots in under two minutes, he's out of rhythm. Feed CJ McCollum. Make sure he's an integral part of your offense. Maybe then he actually makes those shots. But a cold dude taking shots like that? No. No. That's why. There were ways to make sure those shots would have been better for him. And the team did not do that. That is a failure of process that leads to bad results. He completely airballed a three that was like decently contested, right? Then he just completely bricked another one. He hadn't taken shots for a while. Was he in the rhythm of a game? Shooters need that. It's a big part of why they lost, right? You can blame the refs. You can look at other things. You can look at John Moran. But if, they, if, if, they, if the message that this team is telling themselves is, well, Jaw just beat us. He's a special player. Look at yourselves in the mirror. Snap each other in the faces because that wasn't it. That's not great. Don't love that. So, no, I don't love how they played in this game. It was an all-around bad effort. As a Pelicans fan, you should be bad. Or be bad. You should feel mad about this one and be upset with this one here. So... There you go. A couple of quick notes here. 99Dog says, why is Hawkins not playing? I have a show on it. Go watch that. Become an everydayer. You'll never miss an episode. Not to make fun of you. you won't ask questions like that because you'll be covered. Trust me. I know what y'all thinking. I cover it here on the show. There's a reason why we are the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Talked about Jonas Valchunas, his play. If you want to watch that one, it's in an episode the other day as well here. So, We got everything covered here for you. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Hit the little like button, comment down below. Tell a friend about the show. Be coming every day or listen Monday through Friday because we are here. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I appreciate y'all being here and I'll be back with you all tomorrow and we'll hopefully have more fun, better things to talk about.